She believed he could present to you the Hey Girl, Mind Your Mindset series. We're not only believing in God as Father to guide our steps as we walk by faith, but we are trusting our process with every step that we are called to take as his daughters. Let's talk about six steps towards an intentional mindset. First, we have identify, then surrender, then let's decide, then speak, you believe, and affirm. Thank you for listening to the show. Hey girl, welcome to the She Believe He Could podcast, a declaration encouraging women to believe again. Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So join me, your host, as I open up about my faith to believe in marriage, motherhood, sisterhood, and so much more. Let's start the show. Hey, girl, and welcome back to the She Believe He Could podcast. I am your host, Kiana. Welcome, welcome back. We are starting a brand new series called Hey Girl, Mind Your Mindset. These episodes will be coming out every Monday starting this month for September. And also the big reveal was that we are having guest speakers on the show for the very first time in the history of uploads. She Believe He Could is inviting women of all different walks of life onto the show. We are really being intentional with our mindsets. And so by doing this, we are getting the insights of podcasters, uh, people who own their own apparel companies, founders of organizations for women, so much more. And so I am so excited for this very first episode of the Hey Girl, Mind Your Mindset. Again, y'all, we are starting with Identify. So we are talking about six steps towards an intentional mindset. And so identity, of course, is got to be number one, because when you are finding yourself in Christ, you are finding who you once was, who you are now, and who you are called to be. And so with that being said, I'm so excited to announce this speaker. We call her Rosalind Renee, y'all. She hosts her podcast as Therapy as a Christian. I met Rosalind at the Find Your Voice Academy podcast retreat, the very first one in 2019. Y'all, it seemed like it was yesterday, but when you think about it in time, I'm like, sis, that was like a minute ago. And so we met during that podcast retreat and we just stayed connected ever since. I've been on her show as well. And I follow along with sis because listen, mental health is health. Okay. And there are things that I experience in my life that comes up and I don't think you'll ever get to a place where you stop needing therapy. Okay. So it's like things are happening. When you are walking this thing out with Jesus, you got to make sure that you're clear up top. Okay. You got to make sure that your mental is good before you're going out and trying to preach the gospel. So again, y'all, this is Rosalind Renee. She is the host of Therapy as a Christian podcast. She is from Memphis, Tennessee, y'all. So y'all better know what it is when she jump on. So Rosalind, say hey to the people. Thank you, sis. I am so incredibly excited to talk to y'all today. So excited. Sis just, I mean, listen, if y'all follow Rosalind Renee on 
all her social media platforms, then you already know how she get down. I mean, she going to tell it like it yeah. is and yeah. she is not going to hold back. And I think that's so important when you are addressing people, mental health, that mm-hmm. is not a realm that you can sugarcoat it in, sis. Like, okay. You just got to give it to me straight with no chasing. Like, you do. You do. Seriously. Seriously. And so, before we get started, Rosalind, I want to ask you your declaration. So, she believes he could as a declaration. So, in your your life, and it could be in this season or a past season, she believes he could blank, fill in your blank. She believed he could always be there for me. A. Man, and that takes mighty. Yeah, that is that is a huge mindset shift that I have recently and in every season of my life taken on because there have been many times in my life, especially through my healing journey um, of going through my own mental health process, that I thought God wouldn't show up for me, that he would not be my dad, essentially, um, that he would not be there for me and just show up for me. And so she believed he could always be there for me is just, I take that now as a huge, I won't even call it just like my declaration. It is literally like my lifestyle now. Like I believe wholeheartedly he is always going to be there for me. And so it really alleviates a lot of worry in a lot of areas. Um, So yeah, so that's my declaration. And I love that because that is something that you literally are holding on to, like with every breath in your body. Like, I know God is going to show up. Like, I know he's here with me. I know he's going to do what he said he was going to do, period. Like, my my daddy ain't a liar, you know? Like, he ain't like these like these people out here. The, mm-hmm. You know, the things that we come up against, like, we mm-hmm. know him to be good and we know his word to be true, okay? And so with that, y'all, with the identify step, we are defining who we are and we are declaring whose we are. And as y'all heard it, Rosalind said, my daddy. And so I want a lot of y'all to really look at the Lord in the eyes of father, know that he is your dad, that he loves you as daughter. And so Mm -hmm. that comes with building that relationship with him. And I know for a lot of people who grew up in religion, thank God that I did not. I went to church, but I was not in the church. And so at the same time, I didn't have to break that religion off of me. I kind of um, just grow into that relationship because I was fatherless in the earth already. And so embracing God as father for me became easy because I didn't have that in the earth. And so I wanted what I didn't have. And so for a lot of people who grew up in religion, um, breaking that off of them and casting that um, down in accepting God as father, it comes with the work in relationship. And so I want to read to y'all the scripture that I chose for this step. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So again, y'all, we're talking about identity. And so with Rosalind being the host of Therapy as a Christian podcast, you have to know that she talks about all things mental health in Christ. She discussed therapy, aiding and helping us healing from our past and how God can assist us in that effort. So Rosalind, talk to us a little bit more about therapy as a Christian, because that is something that we don't ever need to stop talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give backstory. So for everyone that is listening, yes, I am the host of the Therapies of Christian podcast. Um, I am from Memphis, Tennessee. So I live in the South, South, South. Um, But 
um, back in, so my professional background is in mental health. So I went to school and got my master's degree in social work. Um, and I am a test away from becoming clinically licensed, which will allow me to independently practice as a therapist. And so I have been in the mental health space since 2012. So a good amount of time, um, almost 10 years, which is crazy, um, to have been in this space in different areas in professionally. I recently uh, transitioned into the full-time entrepreneurship, uh, which has been really exciting. And even that transition is a whole backstory. But just to talk about therapy as a Christian, I remember in grad school, my first experience with therapy was when I was 24. I was in grad school and one of my professors said, every good therapist needs a therapist. And so that hit me really differently because it made me realize um, a couple of stories, actually. It made me realize that well, I want to be a therapist, so maybe I should go to therapy. But I also remember, and it's it's a beautiful thing that even when you're in the world, Holy Spirit has a way of just reminding you that you are God's, even when you be out here doing all being doing things all willy-nilly. But I remember when I was in uh 19 years old, I remember being in a abnormal psych class. And abnormal psychology is talking about just like different mental health disorders such as schizophrenia or panic attacks or um just all these different mental health illnesses that we, you know, essentially know based on Google or something we've heard. And I remember my professor talking about panic attacks. And I remember thinking to myself or feeling as if Holy Spirit was showing me spiritually that panic attacks are a manifestation of spirits. And I was thinking, like, I ain't smart enough to know this. I'm 19. I'm like, where is this coming from? But essentially what came to my mind is like the spirit of uh, worry and the spirit of nervousness or something, something that I just would not have put together, essentially form in the spirit. And the manifestation of that physically is panic attacks or spirit of, spirit of anxiety, so on and so forth. I kept that in my mind, but I was like, I don't understand this, so I'm not going to further explore it. Then I'm like, what is the spiritual realm? This is, again, I'm 19 years old don't know anything about this. Um, and so periods of time throughout the years I've worked in this space, God has really kind of shown me, um, you know, different things related to mental health as in the, in the physical and also spiritually didn't really understand. And I feel like, here's the thing, God gives you a, a box of puzzle pieces. And he just kind of says, here, here's a puzzle piece. Put this with this piece, put this with this piece. You see the picture, but you don't really get the clarity of it. Fully. So I remember in 2014 hearing that from my professor and I was like, well, maybe I should just go to therapy. And at the time, my um, school offered free counseling to students. So I started therapy with a man. He was an intern at the time at the counseling center on my campus. Um, never had therapy before. So I didn't know how to approach it. Didn't know whether or not I wanted a man or a female therapist. Um, ended up being with him for a year. And discovering I had daddy issues, knew I had daddy issues, but didn't really know what that looked like. So at the time when I did, when I went through with him, I was like, okay, this is very new to me to sit and talk to somebody about what was happening in my life. So I started that um, and then went through, of course, graduating all of this, had, had been to therapy two more times, but didn't really last long. I don't think I was at the maturity level to really be be at a place where I understood why this was important until I got engaged. 
Mm. And baby girl. <laughs> Listen. Okay. I got engaged to my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. Um, and when we were engaged, we were planning our wedding. And that was the most stressful time. One of the most stressful times of my life, besides becoming a parent. Um, and I remember the rush of my, what I described to you was like the rush of my childhood coming back to me. Um, the way I grew up, my parents were married for majority of my childhood, all the way up until high school. And then around late middle school, early high school, they separated. And then they eventually divorced when I was in college. So about a good period of six years, they were separated. So my actual understanding of relationship, I witnessed them separated. And so just a lot of turmoil and a lot of just really not understanding why why are you sleeping in one room and daddy sleeping in the other room? Like, what does that mean? Like, what does all this, what does all that like mean? So I approached getting married, like we're going to divorce. We're going to eventually not make it. So didn't know why those thoughts came to my mind and it was causing huge levels of anxiety. Um, And I was a Christian. Mm -hmm. I was a Christian that was really struggling with anxiety and I didn't understand it. And so I remember just really struggling in relationships. We were um, even our, there were a lot of things I hid from my fiance, now husband, because I just didn't understand. I didn't feel comfortable being vulnerable with him. I'm being, I'm about to marry this person. Like I need, you have all these thoughts of what you think marriage is supposed to be before you mm-hmm. marry. And you really don't understand until you get married. Mm-hmm. And so um I remember having a conversation with a coworker who at the time she had a very strong personality. And I, I recognized that I was very highly intimidated by people with strong personalities. I don't know if it was just an insecurity of mine, but I also was not bold. I was not the way I am now at all. Like when you said the scripture about you become a whole new person, baby, you are a completely different person. Who you see now is not who I was almost four years ago. Yeah. And so, um, I remember talking to her and I had this like overwhelming anxiety. It was almost like I felt like I was having a panic attack, just crying, just really over. And I remember the day because I said, I need to talk to someone. And I looked up a person on a website, found a therapist. What drew me to her, she said she offers Christ-centered counseling. Never had seen that before. And this is 2018. So there was really no... No, this was actually end of 2017. Mm-hmm. We didn't start until 2018. So this was three months before I got married. And again, at the time, there was no conversation of Jesus and therapy. That really didn't start until like maybe 2019, really into 2020 when the pandemic happened. So I'm like no context, essentially, but I felt so led to start with her. I've been with her three and a half years later. and yeah. so. That process for me, I went with the intention of just discussing, hey, I'm just struggling with anxiety. And four months into therapy, God spoke to my heart about sharing my story as a Christian in therapy. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. I'm the, I'm the kid. I'm the kid that when God tells to do something, you're like, I'm not doing that. Like I'm the go wash the dishes. I don't want to wash the dishes. Why do I have to wash the dishes? I'm that kid. Mm-hmm. Re- recently I've had to learn that I can't do that because <laughs> TV on me. But the other thing with that is a four months in, he spoke to me and was like, therapy is a Christian. I don't even remember where the name came up. I really can't identify where that started. 
But I remember thinking, I'm a Christian. There must be other people that struggle with anxiety the way that I have. And before before he really spoke to me, I was in a network marketing business where part of the business was where you went live on social media to talk about the products to sell. So I had started that business not thinking that the practice of me getting on live was going to in turn turn into something that I'm now doing with podcasting and all that. So I ended up not doing that network marketing business. And he showed me, hey, get on live on Facebook. Instagram live wasn't even a thing at the time. Get live on Facebook and talk about your story as a Christian in therapy. So I did that. And I think those videos got like, I think I did two videos and those videos got like a hundred views or something at the time. And I said, oh my God never had a hundred views on anything. What is this? Why are people watching? At first I was like, why are people watching this? What do y'all need to listen to me for? I don't, I'm not talking about none this. Anyway. So I was like, okay, this is getting a lot of attention. I'm not doing that again. Um, Lord, no. So I put it down and I remember going on a fast and um, it was probably about June. Again, me and my husband had just got married. I was only six months into therapy. So I was, I was starting to begin to see change, but it was very like subtle. Um, And I ended up, he spoke to my heart and said, do, do the lives again, this time interview people. And I said, Lord, I don't know anybody that's gone to therapy. That's actual Christian. And then three people came to my mind, three women, um, and I interviewed them and combined those videos got around 2000 views. Wow. And I just was like, what is this? This is too much attention. In my mind, it was attention, but I also was like, this is helping people. I don't know how to navigate this. Again, still in therapy, working through my own stuff um, and really trying to understand where was God leading me. And I think that was really hard for me at the time, because, again, you when, you, when God calls you, mm-hmm. many times you don't even know what you're doing. One, <laughs> two, you have your own level of imposter syndrome of I'm not qualified. Why are you calling me to do this? What do you mean you want to put me on a platform on social media to talk about this? And again, no context. This was nowhere. During the time I was doing this, y'all, there was no conversation about Jesus in therapy. Mm -hmm. I think that really there was just, I think that was the conversation of therapy was still a huge stigma, which it still is. But just like the aspect of thinking about therapy was very, very, very not existent. And for me, I think a lot of, I think a lot of that too, because I know like people who grew up in religion a lot of that stems from that when you are called unto the Lord, when you are saved, when you're walking with Jesus, baby, you're not going through anything. Your mental health is solid and secure, baby, in the Lord. You know how you can walk up to Sister Jones and you say, how you, how you, how your Sunday going, Sister Jones? She's like, oh, baby, I'm blessed and filled with the Lord. Mentally, no, you're there's thinking, no conversation. None. There's no discussion of none. what does mental health mm-hmm. look like. And I begin to like, and, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I mm-hmm. think um, and also too, being called by God, we, we associate that as being in a pulpit and not saying that mm-hmm. that's not possible or that's not what you should do, but there's so many facets of God and serving him in other capacities yes. that are and your lane is important. Whether you're an accountant, or a lawyer, uh, 
a mental therapist or a person who loves tech, like you can still be called by God and be in these spaces. And so um, long story short, kept going to therapy and God kept speaking to me about therapy as a Christian. I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, I don't understand. I'm 28. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I had a friend who at the time was doing a podcast and she was like, do a podcast, Rosalind. Podcasting was still very new. Mm-hmm. So I said, girl, I'm going to do a podcast. And she showed me how to do it. Literally set me up. We figured it out. And I started podcasting late 2018. Podcasting now has literally become the the gateway into all of the things that God has blessed me by the, his by his grace mm-hmm. to do. And so essentially when I going into therapy, I was not mature enough at the time to understand that what was happening was God wanted to do a complete transformation for me. Um, when I went, it was initially for anxiety. What I got was my life being completely transformed. What God did was essentially practically in a very physical and natural way, mm-hmm. peel back the layers and layers of trauma that I did not have any awareness of. And almost what I described to people, therapy was my open confessional. It was my place to verbally process what I didn't have the language to go to God and pray about. Mm-hmm. It was like, I knew I struggled with confidence, but why did I struggle with confidence? I knew I struggled with people pleasing, but why did I struggle with people pleasing? I knew that I had daddy issues, but where did that come from? Why do I struggle with forgiving my father? Well, I didn't understand that he grew up and had his own trauma. So he didn't even have the capacity to parent me in the way that I expected. So I'm holding all this unforgiveness towards a person who literally does not even have the capacity to understand how to properly parent a daughter. Come on. Because he wasn't properly parented as a son. Yeah. I did not get that language until I went to counseling and I talked about, well, these are the reasons my dad didn't show up for me. These are the examples of how he didn't show. And this is why, and this is the feelings I felt. This is why I believe so wholeheartedly that therapy is so, in general, I will even say just mental health. If mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say therapy, because therapy is a tool. There are people who really do heal without having to go to therapy. They use, they just be transformed by the Holy Spirit. But I do believe that there is a difference with therapy in the sense, because you're presently talking, you're processing it out through your words, you're verbalizing, you're, you're having questions asked you that you would have never thought to ask yourself. And I think the biggest thing that struggles that believers struggle with is we don't have language. We don't have the ability to know exactly what's happening because we are inundated with our own thoughts. We stay in our minds. We stay in our silos. We stay in our place that the whole point of the body is to have the ability to build relationship and then bounce things back off and back and forth with each other. And therapists are trained legally. We cannot share your information. One, we're trained professionals to know how to ask specific questions. We understand what thoughts and actions we, we learn this stuff in school. And so for me, as a professional and as a client, there was just a huge level of awareness that God showed me from my own personal transformation that I then began to have language for believers to begin to understand why they're struggling with rejection. Yeah. Well, you're struggling with rejection because your mama rejected you and she rejected you because she was rejected. So she didn't know any other way to how to then parent you. So her only way of method of parenting was when you did something wrong to literally make you feel like crap. 
Yeah. Because if she made you feel like, feel a certain way, and I don't mean to say crap because that's a, not a very great word, but it makes you feel horrible. If she makes you feel horrible, then you will in turn, that was the justification of her making you feel bad as, as the discipline for your actions. But what that did over years of time, make you feel isolated make you feel like you're not good enough, make you feel like you have to perform for their approval. So what that does in turn is parent-wise, you may look at God the same way. You look at him as, I got to perform for you. I got to do things to make you feel like you love me. When I do something wrong, when I sin against you, you literally are casting me away to abyss. And that's not the mind of God. That's not even the heart of him. But what happens is the enemy uses those things. And then again, his only desire is to lie, to kill, to steal and destroy. If I can steal your destiny by making you feel like God doesn't love you and and will literally cast you away, I can hold you in this in this place of bondage for as long as you live. Come on. That's why you have 50-year-olds who are talking about things that happened to them when they were 30. Because they stay in bondage and that's not freedom, but they'll speak a scripture out, mm-hmm. but won't let the scripture transform them. Mm-hmm. Won't go to God and ask for the language. Won't ask Holy Spirit to transform their heart. Or even if they do, there's still like a constant state of having to work it out with God. Like the Bible says you have to work out your salvation. It is a constant working, constant working, constant working. Or... Staying in a place where you live in an old season of when things are good with God. And so you're in a season that's tough and you're like, God has left me. And then you stay in that place of God has left me instead of knowing that God is always moving. Mm -hmm. Never in the same spot, even though he's omnipresent, he's with us even when we are down and with us when we're up, but he's always moving. And so with that being said, coming back to the point of therapy, for me, I learned I was struggling with horrible daddy issues, like baby, like crippling daddy issues, um, which in turn had me having an unhealthy view of God. The lens that I put on through trauma made me look at God as a disciplinarian because my dad only, only interacted with me when I was in trouble. His only interaction with me was when I did something wrong or was in trouble. So I looked at God as I'm always in trouble. I never, I don't know what love feels like from a man because it, I was always in trouble. So it made me perform and performance looked like, um, I remember there was a time in college where I was celibate and I looked at myself as self-righteous because I was celibate. I, I didn't have sex with people. So I was better than everybody. I didn't drink because I was better than everybody else. And baby, you couldn't tell me I was not good. I didn't go to homecoming because I was better than everybody else. I missed out on homecoming sis. Okay. Because I was better than everybody else, very self righteous, um, extremely, extremely uh, people pleasing. Because again, rejection from my own father. So I need to be good all the time. And what did that look like? It caused a lot of stress. It made me feel like I couldn't go to God about my heart or what I really felt about Him. There were times that I would really be angry about things that were happening in my life. And I feel like I couldn't go to God because I feel like I can't approach you with anger because you're this way. Um, I realized I had horrible self-worth. I didn't feel worthy of love. I felt like, and when I mean worthy, I'm, I felt a lot of shame. Like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be this. I should be that. Um, 
I associated so much of my worth in my accomplishments. I associated so much of, and when I say worth, I, I equated validation from my accomplishment, accomplishments. I was what I accomplished. Mm-hmm. If I was not accomplishing, I was nothing. And so um, I really struggled with people that were um, extremely confident. So like my husband <laughs> is one of the most confident people I've ever met in my entire life. He does not care what anyone thinks of him. And when I say that, I mean that literally in like in every way possible, he does not care. He would say stuff and I would think to myself, this man is so mean, but he wouldn't be mean. He would just be honest. And out of his honesty, I saw it as you're mean to me. You are so mean to me. And so victim mentality, just so much layered, layered, layered. So imagine approaching God in this way. And being like begging him all the time. And so, and and and, and I don't want to um, go back on that and say like, I wasn't God's kid back then. I was still his kid. He never changed. I was changing. Mm-hmm. He changed me from being able to know these are, these are the holes that are causing you to feel a certain way and not experience my freedom. Yeah. They're the holes that are, that are covering you from, that's crippling you from stepping fully into your destiny. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Even speaking about God was a null and void to me. I would never speak about him. Why? Because what are people going to think? What are they going to say? Mm-hmm. What are they going to think of me if I say a scripture out loud? I'm a fraud, Lord. I can't do that. Just very, 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 just a lot of stuff. And so over the years of being in therapy, I've, I've just been given language. Every transition of my life has been enhanced because I've had this space. I learned what it meant to have self-care. I learned that I was extremely, um, I had the savior complex. Like I was like, I could save everybody. So I had no boundaries. I let people just emotionally walk over me. I felt like I was on a pedestal and that everybody else was un- just, again, layers of different things. And so what therapy did was allow me to have that space. Hey girl, are you enjoying this episode with our guest speaker? Stay tuned for part two of this episode on Thursday. Yes, this Thursday. It is too good to continue. So let's pause here. Let's let this sit in our spirit, our minds, and in our hearts. And let's pick this up on Thursday. Thanks for listening.